Section 27 of The Art of Worldly Wisdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Sonrisa, Survision.org. The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Balthasar Gracian. Translated by Joseph Jacobs. Section 27. 241. Put up with raillery, but do not practice it. The first is a form of courtesy, the second may lead to embarrassment. To snarl at play has something of the beast and seems to have more. Audacious raillery is delightful, to stand it proves power. To show oneself annoyed causes the other to be annoyed. Best leave it alone, the surest way not to put on the cap that might fit. The most serious matters have arisen out of jests. Nothing requires more tact and attention. Before you begin to joke, know how far the subject of your joke is able to bear it. 242. Push Advantages Some put all their strength in the commencement and never carry a thing to a conclusion. They invent but never execute. These be paltering spirits. They obtain no fame, for they sustain no game to the end. Everything stops at a single stop. This arises in some from impatience, which is the failing of the Spaniard, as patience is the virtue of the Belgian. The latter bring things to an end, the former come to an end with things. They sweat away till the obstacle is surmounted, but content themselves with surmounting it. They do not know how to push the victory home. They prove that they can, but will not. But this proves always that they cannot, or have no stability. If the undertaking is good, why not finish it? If it is bad, why undertake it? Strike down your quarry, if you are wise. Be not content to flush it. 243. Do not be too much of a dove. Alternate the cunning of the serpent with the candor of the dove. Nothing is easier than to deceive an honest man. He believes in much who lies in naught. Who does no deceit has much confidence. To be deceived is not always due to stupidity. It may arise from sheer goodness. There are two sets of men who can guard themselves from injury, those who have experienced it at their own cost and those who have observed it at the cost of others. Prudence should use as much suspicion as subtlety uses snares, and none need be so good as to enable others to do him ill. Combine in yourself the dove and the serpent, not as a monster, but as a prodigy. 244. Create a feeling of obligation. Some transform favors received into favors bestowed, and seem, or let it be thought, that they are doing a favor when receiving one. There are some so astute that they get honor by asking, and by their own advantage with applause from others. They manage matters so cleverly that they seem to be doing others a service when receiving one from them. They transpose the order of obligation with extraordinary skill, or at least render it doubtful who has obliged whom. They buy the best by praising it, and make a flattering honor out of the pleasure they express. 
They oblige by their courtesy, and thus make men beholden for what they themselves should be beholden. In this way they conjugate, to oblige, in the active instead of in the passive voice, thereby proving themselves better politicians than grammarians. This is a subtle piece of finesse. A still greater is to perceive it, and to retaliate on such fools' bargains by paying in their own coin, and so coming by your own again. 245. Original and out-of-the-way views are signs of superior ability. We do not think much of a man who never contradicts us. That is no sign he loves us, but rather that he loves himself. Do not be deceived by flattery, and thereby have to pay for it. Rather condemn it. Besides, you may take credit for being censured by some, especially if they are those of whom the good speak ill. On the contrary, it should disturb us if our affairs please everyone, for that is a sign that they are of little worth. Perfection is for the few. 246. Never offer satisfaction unless it is demanded. And if they do demand it, it is a kind of crime to give more than necessary. To excuse oneself before there is occasion is to accuse oneself. To draw blood in full health gives the hint to ill will. An excuse unexpected arouses suspicion from its slumbers. Nor need a shrewd person show himself aware of another's suspicion, which is equivalent to seeking out offense. He had best disarm distrust by the integrity of his conduct. 247. Know a little more. Live a little less. Some say the opposite. To be at ease is better than to be at business. Nothing really belongs to us but time, which even he has who has nothing else. It is equally unfortunate to waste your precious life in mechanical tasks or in a profusion of important work. Do not heap up occupation and thereby envy, otherwise you complicate life and exhaust your mind. Some wish to apply the same principle to knowledge, but unless one knows, one does not truly live. 248. Do not go with the last speaker. There are persons who go by the latest edition, and thereby go to irrational extremes. Their feelings and desires are of wax. The last comer stamps them with his seal, and obliterates all previous impressions. These never gain anything, for they lose everything so soon. Everyone dyes them with his own color. They are of no use as confidants. They remain children their whole life. Owing to this instability of feeling and volition, they halt along cripples in will and thought, and totter from one side of the road to the other. 249. Never begin life with what should end it. Many take their amusement at the beginning, putting off anxiety to the end. But the essential should come first, and accessories afterwards, if there is room. Others wish to triumph before they have fought. Others, again, begin with learning things of little consequence and leave studies that would bring them fame and gain to the end of life. Another is just about to make his fortune when he disappears from the scene. Method is essential for knowledge and for life. 250. When to change the conversation. When they talk scandal. 
With some all goes contrariwise, their no is yes and their yes no. If they speak ill of a thing, it is the highest praise. For what they want for themselves, they depreciate to others. To praise a thing is not always to speak well of it. For some, to avoid praising what's good, praise what's bad. And nothing is good for him for whom nothing is bad. End of section 27